Hills family, how we doing? All right. Uh, I want to take a moment here and greet some people. Um, good morning to our online community, those of you that are around the world and down the street. God bless you guys. We know you're with us. Um, I hear from people every week. I see people. Um, sometimes I see people at like Target and they're like, they, yeah, I, I don't know who they are, but their kid's like, that's the pastor, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, you're on TV. Okay, great. Good morning to you guys. Good morning in uh, the message. I forgot about that. The message is our new service. You, you may not know about it. It's in the venue right now. It is a no music service. There's no music in it. It's just you sit at tables, take notes, do things like that. Um, just a more laid back vibe. Good morning at Old Town Campus to uh, Pastor Dwayne and that crew out there. Good morning in Marin County at uh, our Novato, the Hills Novato. Good morning to you guys. And then finally, good morning to Tulare Street. What's up, my people down there? All right. Good, good, good. Hey, um, you know, we, starting January 1, entered into a two-year initi gospel initiative called Raised to Life. And at the end of two years, you'll probably be sick about hearing about it, but um, hopefully we'll be celebrating because this initiative, what we're trying to do is we want to raise up new disciples, we want to raise up new buildings, and we want to raise up new churches. We want to see 2,000 people say yes to Jesus in the next two years. We want to see 1,000 people get, get baptized. We want to see um, new, new buildings uh, be built, uh, new light through old windows, older buildings that, that get refurbished. And then we also want to see new churches because I believe this with my whole heart. The local church is the hope of the world. God has no other plan but you. Look at your neighbor and tell him right now, God has no other plan but you. Okay? There's no other plan. He chose us. And sometimes we look around or we look at ourselves in the mirror like, really, you picked us to do this? Because have you seen me? Um, but it, it is true. And um, we are not in competition with churches in this city. Now, me and other pastors, we have like friendly rivalries, like we goof on each other and stuff, but like that's, that's not, we're not in competition because we are all Team Jesus. We want to see more people come to Jesus. And the best way to make new disciples is in the context of a local church. That's why we are all about planting churches. And I want to introduce you to our first church planner for Raised to Life, um, Sean Candace. Come on up here. Come on up here, guys. Sean and Candace Tabagahan. See, if you say it fast, you get it close. How kind do you of. say your last name? Say it. Tom Bagahan. Tom Bagahan. Tom Bagahan. If you just say it fast, right? Tom Bagahan. And uh, Sean, Sean and Candace, um, I've, I've known them for a bit, but they, they have launched out from the Word Community Church in downtown Fresno with Bishop J.R. Coleman. And um, the minute I heard they were going to be planning a church, I said, Clovis Hills wants to be involved in this as well, too. So maybe tell, tell them a little bit about Ecclesia and what you guys are doing. Yeah, man, we're, we're really a diverse, eclectic group of people from all kinds of different backgrounds, uh, some unchurched, some de-churched, and some churched. Uh, but we all have three things in common. We're madly in love with Jesus. Uh, we're deeply connected to each other, and we're radically devoted to the Great Commission. So we exist to reach, win, and train, and send out disciples. And so that's why we exist at Ecclesia. Awesome. Where are you guys meeting at? Uh, so we meet on Sunday evenings on Gettysburg and Cedar. And so we, we believe that the early church, they shared meals together. Uh, that's a big part of our ministry. So we do dinners at 5 o'clock. 
uh, and our worship service starts at 6. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray over them. We're going to commission them. I want to remind you, church planning is incredibly difficult. You're starting something from nothing, and when you leave your home church, right, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to help you start it, man. It's going to be awesome. And then they go, oh, wait, but I like my church, so no. Um, So, like, this is spiritual warfare involved. There's all kinds of things in church planning because the devil does not want to see more healthy churches in our city. He does not want to see new disciples made. He doesn't see any of that. So we're going to pray over them. We're going to commission them and just bless them right now. So I'm not going to make you, you can raise your hand toward them if you want. If your arm gets tired, just put it down. It means I pray too long, not that you're weak, okay? Father, I thank you for these two. And as your word says, um, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And Father, I pray, um, I know that you have anointed them for the gospel. But Lord, I pray a blessing upon this church, Lord, that you would use it in mighty ways in, um, in our city. Lord, you would use it to reach all kinds of people, Lord. You would use it to, to, to make all kinds of new disciples, Lord, and you would use them to beat back hell. In the, that we would take back what the enemy has taken for your kingdom, Lord. So I pray a blessing on their life. I pray a protection, Lord. Would you protect their family? Um, from the enemy, Lord, and even more so, would you make them courageous and bold, Lord? So we thank you, and we love these people, and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 I just want to say, real quick, I I want to say thank you to to you, Pastor Sean, and thank you to Clovis Hills. Um, You know, he was saying that we're not in competition with one another, all the churches, right? It's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to actually believe it. And, and we believe that when you truly believe something, it shows up in your actions. And it's, it's unfortunately uncommon, but refreshing when we see other churches who are like, hey, let's do a capital campaign and not see how we could just expand the work that's going on here. And praise God, nobody's going to judge you guys for doing that because God's obviously moving here. But you guys said, how can we bless what God is doing maybe outside of our four walls, outside of our campuses? And, you know, he's saying that it's stressful to, to plant a church 100%. Uh, and, and we told them we're called to reach, win, train, and send, and we want to spend our time doing that, but we are fully prepared for all of the stresses, and, and, and your pastor and your church said, well, no, we want to kind of lift the burden and let you focus on just that, and so we, from me, my wife, my church, we just want to say thank you, Pastor Sean, thank you, Clovis Hills, for believing in us and for sending us out and supporting us, lifting up our arms, linking together so that we could do what God's called us to do. Amen. Thanks, Amen. brother. Appreciate you. All right, man. Um, so there'll be more, more of that coming. I'll introduce you to our other church planners throughout the next m- month or two. But um, maybe I'm going to, I want to, before I dive into God's word, I want to preface a couple of things. Maybe you feel an inkling. You're like, gosh, I don't know why, but I'm just really interested in what they're doing. Here's what I want you to know. Go talk to them. Church planners need people. They need help. If you are feeling like a little bit of a call from God that maybe I'm supposed to help them, obey that. Go search it out and see if it really is from God. Go talk to them. You have full permission. Um, You could go and be with Ecclesia forever. I'll miss you. I love you. But we're filling the earth with disciples and we need you to do that. So I'm giving you full permission to go to his church and leave here if you want to, okay? 
Some of you are like, what? Are you kicking me out? No, I'm not kicking you out of church, okay? I want you to stay here. But if God's calling you, I want you to go. And then the other thing is this. Um, when we planted the gathering in Clovis, one of the things that I said was, some of you, maybe you're just called for a season. Maybe it's three months and you're like, I'm gonna show up and I wanna be a warm body. I just wanna you know, be there, help out in any way I can, six months, a year, and then you trickle back. And we had a large number of people with the gathering do that, where they showed up for X amount of time and they came back. That's you being the church. That's you lifting up Jesus, helping fill the earth with God's glory. So I encourage you to do that always, amen? Amen, amen. okay. You're capishing what I'm saying. So, um, the other thing you may have noticed is that I decreed a couple weeks ago that all pastors' names be Sean. <laughs> my name is Sean. The guy doing hosting was Sean and Sean. So anyways, Sean and my other brother, Sean. So um, we're doing this series called Contagious Faith. And some of you have gotten in growth groups, and that is um, awesome. We had a ton of people sign up for growth groups last week. We're having one last push. If you want to sign up to get in, get in one th this week. But um, this week we're talking about um, the, one of the contagious faith styles. The, the, the series we're doing, there's five faith styles that most people have that when you use them, God can use that faith style to really share Christ with other people, to bless other people, to, to take the gospel from it being just a pulpit-centered movement where Pastor Sean preaches it to a people-centered movement where all of a sudden you guys are talking about Jesus, you guys are talking about God in the gym or at your work or where, wherever it is that opportunity comes up. But when you use your faith style, it can become contagious. It's a powerful thing. So today we're talking about selfless serving. And um, I got challenged. Uh, last year we were teaching through the book of Acts. We still are teaching through the book of Acts. And I got to Acts 9. And every preacher, every preacher, when you get to Acts 9, you always preach on the conversion of Paul, the Apostle Paul. How the Apostle Paul went from a, 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 this, this murderous persecutor of the Christians to overnight becoming this believer that's on fire for the Lord, preaching the gospel, just kind of changed Western civilization. And then usually what happens is we move on to Acts chapter 10. But there's this little passage in Acts chapter 9 no one ever preaches on. And my good friend Daniel Irwin, he goes to this church. He challenged me after I finished that one. He goes, how come none of you preachers ever preach on Dorcas? And you're like, Dorcas? What kind of name is Dorcas? That's probably why we don't preach on that one. But, you know, it's because of, because of Saul. And he goes, I challenge you, pastor, preach on Dorcas one day. And I said, okay, I will. And then I totally forgot and moved on, right? And then Contagious Faith came up and he happens to have a group. And um, he was reading the book ahead of time and he texted me and he's like, listen, selfless service, you could preach on Dorcas. So Daniel, challenge accepted, bro. Here we go. We're gonna read from... Um, Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 36. I love it. And wherever you're at, even if you're at home, let's stand in honor of God's word together. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was also, or she was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. 
and her body was washed and placed in an upper room. Lida was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Jesus was in Lida, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows, all the widows, sorry, all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and the other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them out of the room and then he got down on his knees and he prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. This is God's word. You may be seated. So this story... Um, one, give you a little bit, little bit of background and facts on this story. First and foremost, so um, I'm going to go by the name Tabitha because the name Dorcas is weird, okay? Right? It's just like I can already see like my inner junior, junior hire coming out in me. I'm like, Dorcas, Dorcas, you're... Okay, so I'm not going to use that one as much as possible. But Dorcas is a Greek word. It means gazelle, right? So she named her gazelle. So then... Luke, Luke, right, who wrote the book of Acts, Luke decides to use her Hebrew name or her Aramaic name, which is Tabitha, which is a strong name. I think that's a good name, right? So um, he calls her Tabitha, so that, that's what I'm going to call her. And she lives in this place called Joppa. And Joppa, believe it or not, is just modern-day Tel Aviv. That's where Tel Aviv is. And um, at the end of this passage, it says that Peter stayed with a... Uh, a, a, a leather tanner named Simon. Um, you know, I've, I've been to the house of Simon the Tanner. It's in Tel Aviv. It's crazy. You can just walk up to it. I was on a bird scooter just cruising around Tel Aviv, and all of a sudden I came around the corner, and it was like the house of Simon the Tanner. I was like, oh, Acts 9. I went in, right? So um, there's three things really we we, we, can, we can learn from this passage. So if you, have, if you take notes, which I always encourage people to take notes, it helps you pay attention better, is, uh, is this. Um, number one is Tabitha had the selfless service style of evangelism. It's who she was. You see it in verse 36. It said, in Joppa, there was a believer named Tabitha, and her name in, Gre in the Greek language was Dorcas, right? She was always doing good and helping poor people. That was kind of, she just, she, she liked to serve. And um, I want you to think about that for a minute. So who's the church? Okay, maybe online they'll do it better, but I, I'd like for you to do it so that online could hear it. Online, who's the church? That was better, thank you. So you're the church, right? The, the church is believers in Jesus Christ, which means, I, I want you to understand this. Um, some of you are like, oh, well, my, my contagious faith style is not selfless serving. Therefore, I don't need to do that. Oh, nay, nay. No, 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 no. Listen, we're all called to serve, right? There's just some people that when they do it, 
Like one, they're really good at it. They love it. And usually people notice, they just have this way of earning the right to, to speak into other people's life because they're good at serving them. But every one of us in this room, we're all called to be servants. Jesus said, if you want to be great, right, the greatest among you will become the servant. That's the way it works. And I, I remember talking to a, a young pastor recently and um, he, I, we were talking about different duties and I said, I did something. He goes, what? Why would you ever do that? You're a pastor. And I said, dude, you don't do that. Sometimes it needs it, right? You just got to do this thing at the church and there's no one to do it. So you sit down and do it. He goes, well, I would never do that. And I was like, well, bro, you're missing out because you should be willing to stoop to the greatest depths to elevate other people in Jesus' name. And there should be nothing beneath you. And he kind of blew me off. And that's okay. He has every right in the world to be wrong. It's just a reality, you know? And some of you are like, oh, you were judging him. Yes, I was. That was a stupid belief. Anyways, it's okay to judge dumb things, right? Um, but you see all kinds of different people that have it. And I, I, I wanted to use examples of people that go to the hills, whether they're at Tulare or Old Town or here or Novato or online. And... Um, I, I, a, a couple came to mind. And the first one is just a woman in our church. Her name's Jessica Groffalo. And oh, man, there you go. Oh, we know some, they know her. I know her, right? Okay, so um, she's just, just a mom, just a wife and, you know, doing her thing. And she, she had this passion, like she'd see homeless people and she'd want to help them. So she started giving them stuff, her own stuff, right? And then people started giving her stuff to give to them because they heard she was doing that. And before you know it, some people joined her. And then pretty soon, like she had her whole garage filled with stuff to give the homeless people. And then her garage, like her husband wanted it back, right? Um, you know, so they, they rented a storage space. And then they're like, maybe we should become a 501c and people could donate toward it. And then they did that. And they do all kinds of crazy stuff. My wife is involved in this ministry. Um, every, um, you know, they do street outreaches in downtown Fresno. Uh, they, they do it at our Tulare Street campus. What's up to you guys? Thank you for hosting that. Um, they, you know, they, they bring high schoolers along, young adult volunteers. And um, it, it's morphed into this amazing ministry where they, they're just caring for the poor all the time. And um, one of the neat things that happened, I thought this was a good idea, is they... Um, you know, sometimes like people, you, you know, you Clovis and North Fresno people in the room here. Sometimes you donate stuff that's like, you know, like a Supreme t-shirt, which one shocks me that a t-shirt would be like 75 bucks. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's cotton. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's like an expensive t-shirt. So she was like, wait, what if we started an online thrift store and we sold all our bougie clothes and used that money to help fund the ministry. Brilliant, right? So they do stuff like that. They're, they're always, always on the move, always doing stuff. And the goal, their goal, which I love, is not to just give stuff out. It's actually, you'll see, they make relationships everywhere they go. Um, this is Talitha. You know, she's not your typical... Um, homeless person that you're like, oh, they're all drug addicts. She's not on drugs at all. And she has three kids, right? Um, they start collecting tents and stuff when it rains, socks in the winter. Like the, one of the hardest things is when you are walking the streets with wet socks. It, it's just what they do. And her goal, what I want you to understand is for all of them is that they would do this every week on the regular 
And they become friends with the people they're giving stuff to. That they'd be on a first name basis. And I've seen it where they pull up and they're like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, and they start talking and they're catching up. And, and here's what I want you to understand. When um, you find someone that's in a tough place in life, and rather than, oh, God, don't look at them. They're coming to me, right? None of you do that to homeless people, right? Yeah, you do. So listen. But you look them in the eye and you treat them as a friend because not all of them are crazy or on drugs. Or You give them a piece of their humanity back and you're earning the right to speak truth into their life. See, one of the things that happens in this world is, um, I don't know if you realize this, but it happened pretty quick. Um, we are a, a secular society now and the world doesn't really care what we have to say about Jesus. They don't care until they know we care about them. You earn the right to speak truth into people's lives. That's why everyone should serve. But some of you, that's your jam. That's what you do. You know, um, as Pastor Dave Love says, he goes, you're never more like Jesus than when you serve. Uh, I remember one Sunday, um, we were, uh, I, I think Pastor Scott was preaching and I had no duties, but I was still here because I'm a workaholic. And, um, <laughs> and I, uh, I just decided I heard they were short in children's ministry. So I went over to the four, four, uh, four and five-year-olds class and I went in there because they needed extra warm bodies. And my job that day was pouring fish crackers into cups and giving them to kids. And that was my job. And I was doing that. And I'm like, man, I earned a doctorate to do this. This is deep theology. I was starting to feel like, why am I doing this? Why don't they let me talk to the kids? I'm good at talking, you know. And I was starting to get a li little uppity, right? And that's when the Spirit reminded me, no, 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 no. You're not doing a, known, a, a, a useless job. Right now, that person that's on stage is planting the gospel in all these young hearts. And some of them will follow Jesus their whole life and some will walk away from Jesus. But during a trial, a trauma, or a transition in their life, that's who they're gonna come back to because it's planted in them. And their parents are in the other room hearing the gospel for the same reason. What you are doing is holy. And all of a sudden, I felt really good about fish crackers. See, because you're never more like Jesus than when you serve. So, This is how some of you share Christ best. We're all called to serve, but some of you, when you do it, it's contagious, right? You know, and that, that's why I always, you know, if I find someone that has that gift, I want to get them around non-Christians because they're going to start earning it. And people start going, oh my gosh, Pastor Derek Alvarez, um, you know, witnessed to his dad for years. His dad didn't want anything to do with church, but because his dad kept bumping up against Dave Love in his selfless service, he finally got around to coming to church and finally got around to accepting Jesus and coming and getting his light bulb when we thought that would never happen. See, your faith style can be contagious when you're using it and you're rubbing up against people that don't believe in Jesus. Don't physically rub up against them because that's assault now. But anyway, so um, number two is this. Tabitha used what she knew to point people to Jesus. Look, look at verse 38. It says, Peter went with them when he arrived, right, here's the scene, she's dead, they're in this room. When he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around 
him crying. Do you know why these widows are there? These widows are incredibly poor. They're destitute. Um, in, in that culture, it was devastating to be a widow. It's devastating, period, when you lose a spouse. But I want you to understand something. In that culture, being a woman and being without a husband, it was financially devastating as well, too. And they're standing there crying. And it says here, look what it says. It says, they showed him the robes and the other clothes that Dorcas had made before she died. See, she just knew what she knew. Like she knew how to sew. She knew how to make clothes. Some of you know how to do other things. So, you know, um, I, I have a friend, Josh. He he's, he's skateboards. He knows how to make ramps. He's a grown man, 40-something years old, put a huge half pipe in his backyard, started inviting dudes over his house, Suddenly you start talking about Jesus, right? Went over, brought my kids. I fell really hard. I'm never doing that again. I'm too old to skate a pipe. But this is what I, I want you to know. He just knew what he knew and he started using it for Christ, right? She knew what she knew and she started using it for Christ. A couple weeks ago, I told you about my friend Danny who does HVAC. He was telling me recently about a, um, a, a woman that um, he had heard she was gonna get like bilked out of a ton of money for like, they wanted like $40,000 for two AC units on her house. And he's like, no, you don't, you crooks, you know? So he went, gave it to her at cost, installed them. When he pulled up, this is the house he saw. It was covered in trees. It was, it was dilapidated. The roof was broken. There was water damage inside the house. The thing was falling apart. It was not a, a safe place. They cleared it all out. I think we have one more picture of it. Pop it up there, right there. They cleared it all out. And, um, and here's what I want you to know. He installed the AC and he realized right away this, this house needs a ton more things. He called five of his friends and said, hey guys, I got something for us. And they came and they, you know, they did it at cost or they did it pro bono. They fixed this woman's roof. They fixed the water damage. It no longer leaks. It's now it's safe. The trees are down. You can see it when you pull up. It's a, just a safer place. And he just did what he knew. And here's what happens. Danny loves Jesus. And wherever he goes, he's always looking for that opportunity to serve people and then see if a conversation starts. And sometimes a conversation starts, he's ever able to tell them about Christ. And sometimes they come to Christ. And then other times it doesn't, and he just serves them. And he doesn't go, ugh, whatever, God. He doesn't, no, he just goes, okay, I was just supposed to serve that person. Sometimes you don't get to see the person cross the line of faith. You're just a link in the chain of their faith. But if you're not there, you're not that link. So that leads me to number three. Tabitha used what she had to bring glory to God. Let me explain this to you. A lot of times we think like, oh, I can't preach. I don't know the Bible very well. I can't teach. I can't sing. And the buttons on the back thing back there scare me to death. So I can't do anything for God. And here, I, I want you to know, A, that's a lie from the pit of hell. 
That's the enemy talking to you when you think that. Because God can use you exactly how you are. And sometimes what happens is we think that like the upfront giftings are the, like the more favored ones by God. I'll be honest with you. I get a lot, lot of, of praise and adoration for preaching. And that's great. I get some hate too. Don't you worry. I'm getting your notes. Um, but, but for the most part, I, like, I, I probably get my reward already. Right? And um, sometimes th- people think like, oh, he's more highly favored by God. Tabitha teaches that that is the opposite, actually. The story of Tabitha. I want you to think about this. So Peter, an apostle, a guy that walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus. Um, he's already healed someone at the, the temple gate. Beautiful. He's preached to thousands of people. Like he's got some juice. People know who Peter is. That's why when Peter's in Lydda, they send for him. Tabitha's dead. Please bring Peter. Peter comes, raises her from the dead. I want you to think about this for a minute. God thought so much of Tabitha and who she was and what she did that he sent for Peter and used Peter to raise her from the dead. You're like, okay, I, I, I read the story, dummy. I get it. Listen. Did anyone get sent to raise Peter from the dead? No. Did anyone get sent to raise Paul from the dead? No. Did anyone get sent to raise Matthew from the dead? No. John from the dead? None of the apostles got raised from the dead. When they were dead, they were dead. D-E-D, dead. Deed, they're dead, right? Okay, so listen. They are dead. But God saw Tabitha, this humble servant who never preached a sermon, who never sung a song, who never, you know, never... We don't see her like leading anyone to Christ. We don't see any of that. We just see this humble servant. God saw so much in her. So you need to understand this, that God sees that in you, especially when you roll up your sleeves and say, what can I do? I'll do whatever, Lord. You'd be shocked what God can do. So, I want you to understand that, that God really is crazy about you. Regular old you. God hates the chargers. (laughs) But he is crazy about you. He really is. And you, you don't have to do things to get God to be crazy about you. He's crazy about you as you are. And this is, the, this is a, a cra- crazy kind of connection in the scripture. But you know, there's a story in the book of Mark that Mark tells about Jesus. And Jesus is in uh, Capernaum and um, the, the, the leader of the synagogue in Capernaum, which he'd be like the pastor of the synagogue, comes to Jesus, his name is Jairus, and his daughter has died, his little girl has died. And they send for Jesus, and Jesus comes to Jairus's house, and he sees this little girl, and it's a very similar setting as Peter did. We know now why Peter had everyone leave. We know how uh, Peter's whole methodology, he's just copying his rabbi, Jesus, and Jesus grabs the little girl by the hand, and he says, Talitha kum. Everyone say, Talitha kum. It means in Hebrew or Aramaic, little girl, get up, 
right? Talitha, little girl, cum rise. Little girl, rise. Talitha is a strong name if you're pregnant, by the way. You name your daughter Talitha. As a matter of fact, I'm changing my daughter's name to Talitha. She doesn't know it. So he touches her and she rises. So this story we read in, in Acts, Peter doesn't touch Tabitha. He doesn't touch her. It's interesting, right? So I, I, I was curious and I, did some, I started doing some research and it was like, oh, oh, I, I, Peter is a good Jew. Part of the Jewish ceremonial laws is, is you would, a man of God would never touch someone who is dead. So he still, still didn't. But he knew this. Jesus touched that little girl. So you're like, well, wait a minute. I thought Jesus couldn't touch the dead. He was a perfect Jew. He obeyed the law. Here's what, here's what, what Peter understood something very nuanced and incredibly powerful, if you can get this. What Peter understood was that Jesus was God. And Jesus had the power in his touch to raise the dead. And then when Jesus told Peter, you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, he also knew he was not God. He did not have the power. Touching the dead woman would not rise her, but the name of Jesus rises the dead. The name of Jesus changes everything. And I, I need you to understand something. The Bible's super clear. Romans, all over the book of Romans, it tells us that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, everyone has sinned, right? And then it, it says in another place in Romans, it says for the wages of our sin, right? Because we've sinned, the wages of our sin is death. We all die. Everybody dies. As a matter of fact, Tabitha died again at some point, okay? But, but everyone dies. But th there's a deeper spiritual truth. I want you to understand this going on here. Because of our sin, because every one of us watching in this room right now, every one of us, because we have all sinned, we have been separated from God and we are spiritually dead. You are spiritually dead. You can't walk with God. You can't know God. You can't have that relationship with God. You can give lip service to religion, but you can't have a real relationship with God because you are spiritually dead. And it's until God touches you, until Jesus touches you, you don't come alive spiritually. And here's what that means that you will go about your life doing your thing, being alive in your flesh, doing whatever it is you do, completely blind to the life you know you're supposed to have, but you don't know what it is. See, deep in our hearts, we know we're not the person we're supposed to be. There's something about that. Why do you think we have over a million books on self-esteem? And none of them have fixed our self-esteem, guys. Because no matter how many Instagram posts you put up about how you're worth it and you're awesome and you're fine just how you are and Forget all the haters and, and, and all that. Here's what I, I want you to know as spiritual truth, that apart from God, 
we are spiritually broken and we are not okay. But God loves you so much and he made you to be in relationship with him. And that's that thing in us that like we know our life is supposed to be different and we don't know what it is. Well, what it is is that relationship with the living God and God loved you so much he sent his son Jesus that whoever would believe in him will not perish and have eternal life. It says in John 1.12, but as many as received him to those who believed in his name, that when you receive him, he gives you the right to become children of God. But you have to receive him. You have to make that choice. Jesus gives this analogy in Revelation 3.20. He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone listens, I will come in. That, that the God of the universe wants that relationship with you, but you have to have the courage to say, I want that, and, and open your heart to him and invite him in. And it will change your life. For some people, it's in a moment. For others, like me, it's been a long road of change. Because I don't know if you're like me, but I like to do what I want to do. I want to be the boss. I want to call the shots. I want to obey God when it's convenient for me and do what I want to do when it's not. And here's what I've learned. That just leads me to misery because we were made to know God and be in right relationship with him. So in a moment, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you don't know where you stand with God. You can know for sure. You just need to invite him in. The Bible says this too, that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, right? It's this process of making that decision to receive him and then saying, yes, I am with Jesus. So let's pray.